Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for the Human Element miniseries, we're joined by Isha Prakash, CRO at Terbium Labs. We sat down at RSA to discuss strategies for career growth in InfoSec, the pay it forward movement, and digital risk. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. Aisha Prakash, thank you so much for taking the time on Wednesday morning at RSA to sit down with me in the middle of an expo hall. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kelsey. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I know this is a crazy week. Uh, a crazy week. I can't even say week correctly. It's that crazy. <laughs> thank you for crunching out some time. And I always love these events because it's sort of a forcing function for reflection, right? We come back every year. There are all these people that we're communicating with virtually. And so it's an excellent opportunity for reflection. And as well as that, I like to think about it, first off, in a positive tone, because I think we can focus a lot on what we want to improve. But I like to start uh, from the optimistic perspective and just ask, what do you think we've done better since 2019? Well, I think one of the things that you know I'm seeing from just having conversations all week is organizations not just from an enterprise strategy but even mid-market and below are becoming more aware of their security posture you know they're reaching out to their you know whether it's an MSSP or the IT service provider and they're asking the right questions around what are you doing to secure my organization are you able to help me with this so I think the biggest trend that I've seen in terms of conversations is you know, it's not just an enterprise strategy to focus on security that even smaller companies care because let's get it straight. One of the big things that we're seeing from a trend perspective is the attackers are getting more sophisticated. Their approach isn't that throwing paint on the wall, hoping it sticks anymore. They are very targeted, very focused, and they understand that it's way more difficult to get into an environment like an Apple or a Walmart or a bigger bank, but it's much easier to target a smaller business. And that's one of the big things that I'm noticing. And even just the conversations I'm having working for a vendor organization is partners are telling us, hey, you know what, we're also concerned about our own security. And you know, we need to be more aware and more careful, not just for our customers, but for ourselves as well. Absolutely. Having, making sure that uh, security is in a company's DNA now feels like a fundamental thing, especially if you're looking for funding, which is really interesting. So. Absolutely. And speaking of... Well, it's not really funding, but it's very exciting news. You had a major change here in your life recently. You're now the CRO at Terbium Labs. That's right. That's that is right. very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm week three on the job, and uh, we're a digital risk protection organization. And it's, uh, you know, I, I've been a big fan of Terbium Labs. So it's, it's really great, exciting stuff going on. I'm very excited to be on board. Well, they're very lucky to have you from what I hear. We were lucky enough to have Jennifer Leggi on the podcast months and months ago now. But um, the fact that you two know each other and work closely absolutely, says a lot. She is uh, definitely one of the most well-respected women in the industry who helps and, you know, gives other women opportunities. So I'm very proud and very, um, you know, lucky to call her a friend and a former colleague. It sounds like you two are working on something pretty fun together, too. We are. It's still in conversation, initial stages. However, one of the things that both Jen and I have noticed in the several years is there's 
are a lot of great organizations today that represent women in cyber. And, and they're doing really great work. And I'm very uh, you know, excited to see all the great things they're doing. However, there's a gap in terms of there's women in cyber that represent not only just the technical teams, but they also represent the sales and marketing and finance teams. Whether it's working for a vendor, we are women in cyber and we represent this group. So just talking with each other, some of the things that we focus on right now is, you know, how do we come up with ways where we can help other underrepresented groups like women and other marginalized groups help give them an opportunity they otherwise wouldn't have had. So we've, you know, unofficially started this paid forward campaign. And that paid forward movement, essentially what it is, is um, women helping other women by giving them opportunities, giving them professional advice, whatever it is to help them move up. When I scratch your back, I don't expect you to scratch mine. I want you to commit to who else you're going to help. So the commitment that we ask when we help each other is who else are you going to help? Essentially a domino effect. We want to see, you know, my hope is in the next few years that cybersecurity industry would be setting an example, right, from a diversity perspective um, for the rest of the technology space. That would be the dream. That would be the dream, yes. That makes me so happy to consider that world. And you know, one of the other things that I'm very proud to say and what really brought me to Terbium, uh, you know, aside from the great technology was out of the seven folks on the leadership team, four of them are women, department heads. And uh, I'm really proud to say that, you know, Terbium Labs is probably one of the most diverse companies I've had the opportunity to work at. That's incredible. And I think there's this misnomer out there that marginalized people are just going to come knocking on a company's door. You have to go out there. You have to put resources and time into making sure that you have a diverse workforce and different points of view. And it's really exciting to hear that you're having that experience. That's Absolutely. fantastic. And, and I couldn't, you know, couldn't agree with you. It's, you know, I, I don't believe in giving someone a, a job based on just, hey, you know, the color or the you know, gender. I believe in giving everyone equal opportunity. And a lot of times the, you know, underrepresented groups don't have the opportunity because they might not know the right people. And whether we like it or not, let's get it straight. And everyone knows this bros club is a problem in cybersecurity. It continues to be a problem in the vendor world. And a lot of people recognize that, yes, there's not much conversation that's going on around it. So we really want to raise this up. We want to help others, underrepresented group, navigate through the nuances of being in a startup where everyone's probably you know, in their role for the first time, right? So they're still yeah. learning and growing. So we want to give them the opportunity to have a chance to grow within cybersecurity. Do you have any recommendations for folks listening in um, that may not be directly involved in something like the Pay It Forward movement yet, but are trying to, to get their first big gig in security or are trying to see um, a faster career progression as a marginalized person, what types of things they should be doing? Uh, you know, to me, maybe I'm a sales gal. That's why LinkedIn social selling works. Okay. The moment that um, I was interviewing for the CRO role, I personally reached out to multiple female CROs and I wanted their input. This would be my first chief revenue officer role. So I wanted their input. I reached out. I say, reach out, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to other, other folks that you represent and ask them how they can help you. With everything available digitally, it's really easy to get a hold of someone now. And I say open up your network, ask the tough questions, and literally be a sponge. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think sometimes, you know, social media can be a bit of a, a rough spot, but it's pretty incredible every week when you see especially women lifting other women up. 
So that's a great reminder that there's so much humility in just asking people for help and people will respond. I mean, clearly you got, you know, had a fantastic conversation with those people and it sounds like it was really helpful to, to go pick their brains. Absolutely. And, you know, what I what I would love to say to anyone who's listening, um, you know, if you want to be part of the paid forward movement, you can be. You don't even need to know me to be part of it. Listen, just, you know, if you if you have peers or if you have friends in the industry or folks that you know that could literally grow from some advice that you could give them, then do it. It's like, and then ask them to help someone else. We're trying to create this domino effect and whether it's with collectively with me or without us, we just want to make sure that we have folks that are helping others grow. Yeah. And I love that accountability as well. Just Absolutely. come back and tell me. And then that's also just really inspiring too, to be involved in that chain and continuously to hear stories of other marginalized people succeeding. I know that's the type of thing that gets me really excited and motivated when I'm coming in every day for my job. So absolutely, I am. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you this: this side campaign um, and just evangelizing it as I am today. Again, like I said, we are not in formal capacity. I had the opportunity to speak with CIT last night at their women's influencer uh, dinner last night, and it was, uh, you know, the feedback that I got was great. You know, everyone loved the idea, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, taking it to the next level this summer. Absolutely. And I, anything I can do to help amplify and be a part of this as well, personally, I'm on it. I'll be retweeting up a storm. However you, you share this. <laughs> there we go. Pay it forward. Yes. Pay it forward. Well, not to take a, a really direct left turn here, but I would love to get back to your new role and your passion for digital risk, because I know um, that that's something that you're really interested in. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, going back to just speaking of uh, the digital landscape, right? It's expanding. So think about it from a digital risk associated to, uh, you know, looking at data from, you know, open web, deep and dark web, you know, surface web. We're on social media. We're, we've got content as an individual on Dropbox. We have our data with other financial institutions, et cetera, our banks. The ever increase in the data that we're seeing is also, you know, associated directly with the risks that come with it. Unfortunately, Consumers and individuals are still very numb to the fact that their their data potentially could be lost and they still don't have the security posture individually in place, meaning they're still using the same passwords. They're, you know, not checking if there's a phishing site that's, you know, in their inbox to make sure that is a real um, organization. And so what's happening is these organizations, unfortunately, are being blamed, right, for not protecting data. As a consumers, they're still blaming uh, the organization. So the burden is not just, you know, is falling on the organization to protect their customers' data. Now, same thing goes for employees as well, right? If you think about insider threats, most of the time, it's not the malicious person. It's just something they missed, right, from a phishing email, et cetera. It's not someone doing a malicious activity, and it does happen. However, insider threats more and more are becoming from a mistake, right? right? You've got other divisions and business units within your organization that don't really care about security the way we do, folks here at RSA. Um, and the third piece around digital risk is third-party risk. So you're seeing all these bigger companies being breached to, through their supply chain. Small businesses are becoming a huge target and they're not realizing because of their prominent position within a larger organization as part of their supply chain they are a big they're they're a big target yeah. and so the threat actors are now going after these small small companies and it's becoming more and more important for these companies to be you know understand their overall digital risk right and their overall risk strategy should be set in place so small businesses today need to start looking at that as well right I couldn't agree more. And I love that there's this ongoing dialogue in the industry around making sure that you're creating threat models 
taking a look and auditing where your assets are and prioritizing. Because if you think about how large your supply chain is, it's impossible to, of course, <laughs> protect your organization from each piece that may touch your business from both the, the supply side and from your customers. So it's so important to, to have a sense of what that looks like. The, and then if you think about GDPR, CPA, uh, you know, all these privacy laws, um, you know, it's becoming more and more uh, a need and a requirement for organizations to be monitoring sensitive data, right? Whether yeah. it's their customers' data, their employees' personal information, whether it's source code, right, for the organization, or whether it's even legal documentation out there. However, with the privacy loss is becoming challenging, right? How yeah. do I go out and do that? But again, you know, there are vendors out there, just as Terbium Labs, for example, that, you know, we're able to monitor a company's private sensitive data without it ever leaving their network. Totally. That's a very critical piece from a reconnaissance perspective that an organization should be doing. Absolutely. And something that I'm remembering now is when I spoke to Alyssa Miller uh, just yesterday morning, she was talking about how most organizations, and she, she led in with this, this was a very controversial thing to say at a panel, but and half the people <laughs> love this and half the people hated it. I'd be curious for your take on it. Um, but she was mentioning, you know, we often talk about data as an asset, but that, in fact, it's inherently a liability. Um, it doesn't have value by itself. Um, and so just being really cautious as an organization and, and understanding where that data is, that's P1, right? You got to start there, so. You know, and... Looking at, you know, risks from a business perspective and company perspective, what does your digital risk, what, what data is exposed out there? Because let's get it straight, mm -hmm. it's, it's not if anymore, it's when. Yes. And what are you doing <laughs> from mitigation perspective as, as well is really important. Another question I had for you is around the RSA theme this year. And there's a little bit of confusion on the floor. I think everybody's a little, <laughs> they're taking it one of two ways, both of which I think are really valid. And the first is, you know, from the human element in terms of, the consumers, the people we serve, whether that's our own employees or the people that um, we're selling widget to and trying to do better to communicate to them um, and teach them how to secure their own lives. And then the other conversation is really around the human element in terms of these people, these professionals, we need to secure our networks, our organizations. Um, and of course, on the flip side, we have that discussion, and then a word that comes up quite frequently, it did at summer camp, it's coming up at RSA, is automation. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the reality of the skills gap we're facing with this new technology, as well as just the human quote-unquote factor, if you will. Right, and I agree with you with the confusion. I'll tell you, I've had a chance to speak with multiple CISOs, and the feedback that I've gotten has been a double prong. I think the human element is the fact that a human is still a human, so they're going to make mistakes, the breaches are going to happen. Right. Or And so looking at it from consumer employees, and you're right, the other human element is here that, you know, we have these rock stars that are here attending RSA. These are people that are defenders of the world, of nations, of or large organizations. And yes, we continue to have a skills gap, right? Um, but I think from an automation perspective, you know, and this is, uh, you know, this is a strategy even on the vendor side, right? I mean, I think technology is critical, right? So you Absolutely. need to have automation technology in place or you can't scale. However, the human element is also critical, right? Because as human race, well, we could talk about deep learning, AI, machine learning. I can throw all the, you know, uh, marketing terms at you. We, right. as humans, are not there yet when it comes to being able to replicate what a human can do and and, and action, right? So, um, I think there needs to be a good balance between technology and the human element. And organizations and vendors out there, they are 
for riding both, right? Because right. they understand that. So when they are coming, approaching you from, you know, their, um, you know, their security product perspective, they do have a human element associated with them. 100%. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I think everybody is in, has a general consensus is similar with that, right? It's it's going to be a long time before we can automate humans, if ever, out of this process. We need the human intuition, the ability to contextualize Absolutely. information. And that's where I think actually um, circles back really well to our conversation around diversity and diversity of thought as well, too. And having people not necessarily coming from the what, what you would might call the typical security career progression, right? Especially people with geopolitical knowledge, people that have experience in the army with intelligence, even with, um, I'm trying to think of some other interesting ones. I, I was talking to someone the other day. I'm trying to remember who it was. I apologize for not giving them props. It might've even been Alyssa. And she said something like, imagine the, the baristas at Starbucks and what they have to deal with. Can't you imagine some of those transferable skills would be invaluable in a security operations center? And the answer is a resounding yes, right? So I love, I love this idea of renaming things from the body gap or the skills gap to the HR and recruiting gap. How can we find the right people that have transferable skills um, to help come into our industry and bring their knowledge and their different background in to help us succeed? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll say um, being a former D.C. resident, a Virginia resident, you know, states like Virginia, you're really seeing them, um, you know, really start from a grassroots perspective and and start at a very young age from high school, college, where they're teaching kids. Right. And, and teaching them and, and, and these skills to get into our field. And again, you know, going back to the diversity conversation, you know, we need to open up and give more people the opportunity because there is continues to be a skills gap. Right. Yeah. Um, we are very lucrative. But again, our community and industry is so small where we tend to not leave our, um, you know, our little industry. Right. We want to recruit right. within it. But again, we need to start expanding that for sure. 100%. Well, you know, this is a high school reunion, which is what I call RSA. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I think there needs to be an expansion on recruiting outside of cybersecurity. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think just as we started the conversation on a really positive note, I like to end on a super positive note. Um, we've given major props, obviously, to Jennifer Leggio, who is amazing. She's incredible. She I'd is. love to buy her a baby goat as a <laughs> token of my appreciation. Um, but are there any other people that inspire you or that you look up to in the industry that you'd like to give props to? Obviously, Jen Leggio continues to be a huge driver in, 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 in things, and we have a lot in common in terms of what we envision in, in, in cybersecurity for the future. But I'd like to also give a shout out to um, two women instead of one. Um, is, uh, uh, number one is Courtney Orvig. Um, you know, Courtney and I have had the opportunity to work together for several years. So she, she's been in cybersecurity since she was 19 years old. Wow. Um, and she's a rock star. You know, she's one of the examples that I mentioned earlier, women paying it forward and helping other women grow in the industry. Another one um, is Steph Shample, up and coming analyst. She's a rock star, um, comes from the government space and, and has been an advocate to say the least in terms of being a cheerleader and helping other women grow and give, you know, just being that 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 solid rock for women in this space. And I'm very proud to call these women friends and former colleagues. And uh, and I know they're going to do big things in the years to come. 
Those people are so contagious to be around. You just want to make the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I hope you have some time to relax during this conference. I feel like everybody's like, ah, kind of laughs out loud when I say something like that. But at least <laughs> time off or something when you, when you finish up. But I really want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>